Hello there, and welcome to Blue Milk Latte, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Kent Blue Milk Latte Solace, and with me, as always, aboard the Blue Milk Latte Star Cruiser, is our trusty co-pilot, Chris Christophsis Mead. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, welcome back. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Andor, the next uh, set of uh, episodes, the next three, if you will. Um, as of this recording, we're up to episode seven has dropped so far. We've done uh, one episode so far on the first three or four episodes. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure it's the first four. Um, we went over some of the themes that we liked, and uh, so now we're going to be going on to the next ones. If you want to catch up from the beginning, please go refer to that episode and then plug into this one uh, up next. And, uh, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. Before we get into all the uh, Andor stuff, though, um, let's go over our Star Wars adventures from this last week. It's been a minute um, since we've done an episode, and we... I think I have a couple things to touch on. Yep. Uh, Chris, your travel to Batu East. How was yep. how was your how was your uh, travels there? Good. Bright uh, suns. Yep. Bright yeah. suns. I mean, cool. Batu East is the, exactly the same. <laughs> it's not. There's not any significant difference to the <laughs> uh, to the layout to the layout. It, the flow is a little different because um, we went in through. I feel like. It leads you in through the resistance half of it, okay. Versus going in through the, because I feel like Disneyland when I go, I always go in through the market side of it, yeah. Where the like door depot is right there, through yeah. Thunder Mountain. Where I feel like in the other way, the natural way to get into it is through the resistance side of it. Because mm -hmm. I think it's like mirrored or something. So I think at, at California, at Batu West, there's. Two main ways that you can get yeah, in. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it block the same room. way. Yeah. Is there only one entrance or two? There's two. Oh, okay. But like, so if you're coming from the front of the park, your first way into it is usually through Thunder Mountain. Uh huh. Whereas I feel like the natural way to get into it uh, in Florida is from the Resistance side of it. Oh, okay. okay. Like it's like mirrored. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um. Did you get to do? Uh, I mean, we've both done Rise of the Resistance. Did you get to ride Rise? Uh, of we the did do Rise. Uh, nice. We got to do. It was the first time that my brother and his, my sister in law and my niece had ridden on it, so that was exciting. How was that to live vicariously through them for their first time? Did they like it? Yeah, they did. My brother was like was impressed with it. He uh, he had I don't he had their passes and they've they've gone a few times. He just has never gone on. It. I was like, why have you never gone on it? We're going on this ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, he had never really gone through Galaxy's Edge and, like, the cruise through it. And we really didn't spend a lot of time there this time either. We were there long enough for me to get some blue and green milk and then uh, ride Rise Resistance and then we were pretty much out Yeah, doing the rest of the stuff at that yeah. park that day. Like, we did the Toy Story Land and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Um, any, I know you just mentioned blue and green milk, but any like food items that you got? Not not from there. Although one interesting thing at the Florida at Batu East, you can get blue milk with booze in it. Nice. Like they'll pre mix it for you and like huh. make a little like you know blue milk. Only like, at the cantina or just at the regular stand? at the regular milk stand. Wow. <laughs> you roll up the milk stand and have them put some. Uh, what is it? It's uh, I want to say it's rum in the green milk and like tequila in the blue milk or vodka in the blue milk it's wow. they have like different alcohols that pair with the different uh blue and green milks florida knows how to party dude the yeah. there's alcohol everywhere in, in disney world yeah like most places yeah you can just roll up and buy a cocktail from anywhere anywhere in the parks usually hmm. the, only where, the only place you can't really easily is disneyland because they're still trying to preserve vaults ideas of not having alcohol in the park yeah but they just recently added cocktails to the like the sit down restaurants. Yeah. In uh, in Disneyland. I feel in like Kingdom. having just heard that, I feel like 
Disneyland is the equivalent of like a high school as to where like Disney World is like the college Kinda, yeah. campus. <laughs> That's Kinda, like, yeah. hey guys, we're here to party. Yeah, it yeah. kind of is. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. And then any cool souvenirs that you got? Um, the coolest like Star Wars related souvenir I got was uh, the Leatherbound uh, Myths and Fables book. It's yeah. bigger than the one normally. Yeah. It's got a cool like binding and like the, the weathered edges so it looks more like a book from the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You guys must... I hope to do one day a video component for this podcast because it's right here in front of us. You can hear it. <laughs> Visually, I mean, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Audio-wise, there you go. You heard it. But, yeah. Visually, it looks really cool. And is this something that you could probably only get at the park? Um, actually, I bought this at their Star Wars uh, trading post okay. um, in their downtown Disney area, which okay. is called Disney Springs. I'm sure you used to be able to get in the, in the parks, but... Um, that's what, you know, it seems like they rotate stuff out to that store once it's, like, not selling the parks anymore. Cool. Um, the other cool thing uh, that I did there is they have their launch bay at the same, at the Studios Park where Galaxy's Edge is. And uh, they had, like, this display in there of all these, like, illuminated uh, concept arts. Uh-huh. I posted them on the website. There's, there's, there's some really good ones in there of, like, and stuff from everywhere, from Rebels, from Clone Wars, from all the movies. And they just had, like, selected, like, uh, concept art things. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Any other Star Wars adventures? Uh, nah, nah. Yeah. We didn't really do too much Star Wars. I was kind of bummed I didn't get to do Star Tours, even though their Star Tours is way cooler on the outside. They have a giant AT-AT, like a full-size AT-AT with like Ewok Village as their entry point into Star mm. Tours. Nice. Which is better than our like, you know. Yeah. We'll have to go sometime. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so as far as my Star Wars adventures go, um, we had... Halloween party last night, uh, my my girlfriend and I, and we had a whole bunch of people over there. Chris was uh, there, um, and uh, it was a good time. Lots lots of fun was had. Um, and as far as the Star Wars adventures for there, the reason why I'm mentioning the the party yeah. uh, for the f- I've been Star Wars characters before for Hollow for Halloween. Usually I'm Chewbacca, just because his personality and I are kind of gelled <laughs> a little bit. He's always like. I don't know, dependable and hairy, and that's kind of me, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, no, this is my first time getting to be, like, a Jedi for Halloween in my adult life. I was one as a kid. But, anyway, so it's really special and really cool because this is also our daughter. She's uh, eight months. It was her very first Halloween. So uh, I was uh, borderline episode two, episode three, Anakin Skywalker. Not yet cracked, but kind of slipping. So he's still a good Jedi guy uh my girlfriend was uh padme and um our baby uh whose middle name is leia she was baby leia yep. and it was a really good time it was really cute uh we got some photos and maybe i'll post them on the social medias so you guys can see um it was a really fun time though um so that was kind of like our star wars adventure from that and one thing if you guys are listening at home are like the big cosplay people i need to uh pick your guys brain sometimes because the uh, the things that rest on your shoulders when you're a Jedi, they slip a lot, and right. I need some pro tips on either how to like secure them better, or maybe I was wearing it wrong, or I don't know. Um, no, you weren't wearing it wrong. I think you need to secure them. So, yeah. or wow. I need to lose weight because I have not a huge belly, but I have a little belly, and I think it sometimes pushes stuff off to the sides too. So that might have been the issue. I mean, my, my pro tip is you either need to uh, do Velcro strips on your shoulders, yeah. or uh, safety pins. Yeah. And I'm going to call out a fumble right now. Chris, I've seen in his Jedi robes, 
like two or three times before. Not even at a Halloween thing, just cruising around, living yeah. life. Yeah. He had the perfect opportunity to like be yeah, part of the crew. I know. And what does he show up as? Wreck it Ralph. Wreck it Ralph. <laughs> Which I mean, kudos to him because that was his family uh, themed thing so that's kind of cool but it was but, all by myself yeah but i was like come on man like <laughs> do it for the do it for the star wars do it for the podcast but uh it's all good it worked out i know even if you have special boots i wear for my like, costume and everything yeah i go all out it's because yeah. i wore the celebration yeah yeah i know you wear it <laughs> it's like the one time of the year like you're like supposed to wear right this anyway it, it's like roger rabbit i can only do it when it's funny yeah. It was funny that it didn't come in the Star Wars costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so yeah, that was our Star Wars Adventures from last week. Oh, a very quick thing. I'm also listening to uh, Brotherhood on audio, um, which is the book released over summertime. Was t- uh, chronicling uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's uh, tales from between episodes two and three, at least one of them. Is it um, a clo- I thought it was before episode two. So, no, it's uh, after. Are they in the Clone Wars? Mm, I, thought it was, I thought it was before Clone oh, Wars. Oh, maybe it is. I thought? I don't think so. No, 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 no. no. It is after episode two. Because okay. Anakin... No, no, I know. Here's why I know. Um, right. Anakin and Padme are already... They're like... There's not like an adult scene or anything, but okay. they're going at it pretty hard. They're like very romantic with each other. Oh, okay. In then, some yeah, that chapters. would be... That would have to be after yeah, episode yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're pining over each other horde. They, they, it's kind of cute because they have to go like sneak away to do like these cute little dates, and it's like, you know, like they're not supposed to be doing that, but that makes it more fun, <laughs> right? That sort of thing, and then, um, yeah, no, it's pretty much this whole book. I mean, I'm only about fifteen percent of the way through, but oh, you're right, it is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's that throwaway line in uh, episode three where Obi Wan's like, "That business on Cato Demordia doesn't." doesn't count and pretty much what are they dealing with in this book Cato Nemordia yeah Yeah, so it's kind of like hey here's this one line in this thing and let's make a whole novel around it sort of thing well they do a lot in the the books there's a lot of those like there's like a throwaway line and they'll do a whole yeah 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 which is pretty cool it speaks to like the depth and the world building of some of you know the dialogue that we hear in Star Wars Um, but uh, yeah so that's what I'm reading too um, okay, and um, we're going to be kicking uh, kicking in a gear with our second round. We call them trilogies, but they're not really trilogies. It's, for those that are watching and or week in, week out with the rest of us, um, you guys know that the writers and directors are paired up in more or less groups of three. Um, the first last weeks that we covered were um, directed by... Uh, Toby Haynes and most of them were written or all three were written by Tony Gilroy Tony Gilroy is also the uh, the creator showrunner showrunner of the whole thing the second group of stuff here directed by Susanna White and written by Dan Gilroy who is Tony Gilroy's brother Um, and then the next one's coming up um, directed by Toby Haynes will be written by Bo Willman and then the last two are going to be directed by Benjamin Caron hmm. and written by Tony Gilroy. So they uh, they break their pattern a little bit. So I think 
Yeah, because I, I, I forget if it was Gilroy or who, but they said this last one, episode seven, is kind of a transition episode. Yeah, that makes tra- sense. Where, where we're transitioning from things. Yeah, but yeah. yeah they, they do kind of break it a little bit, but it's all right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about pretty much uh, spoilers. Uh, obviously, if you guys haven't are up to date, don't don't listen and stop this now. <laughs> go listen to a different episode, please. Or, yeah, or just go chill out. <laughs> um, well, no, go watch it and then come back and finish. Or that thing. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So this is pretty much the Aldani trilogy of, of episodes. Uh, they form the Aldani. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Because that's the planet they're on, right? Yeah. yeah. This is kind of like the Aldani trilogy of episodes because it's all about the heist. The heist right. is the main focal point. It's all building up to that. Right. Um, lots of exposition. Lots of exposition. Lots of character development which i really appreciate and then one of the most fun and action-packed episodes we've had in andor thus far right some yeah some of the cinematography and visuals on that one are like outstanding um all right so just based on the next three episodes here what was your general takeaway like for how are you feeling about andor mid-season uh no it's still still really strong these ones, I, th- I believe in the last time I kind of talked about my not having the strong Star Wars vibes personally from the first few. Yeah. Uh, these ones started giving me the strong Star Wars vibes. And then by the time we get to seven, which has our most Star Wars references ever so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're really, like, in it by that point. Um, no, it's, it's good. Uh, it's, like, we've kind of talked about this a little bit before. The show's interesting to me because I don't know exactly which Star Wars fans this is for. Because it's not for your casual Star Wars fans. If they've seen the movies and thought they were fun, I don't know they would be into this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you've got to be, like, kind of hardcore, a little more hardcore and having read some Expanded Universe stuff to have this kind of be interesting to you, I feel like. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise when certain characters or certain... Aliens walk by, you're like, mm, I don't care. What is well, it just get well. It just gets deep. It just gets deep into like the the nitty gritty and the day to day of like what it's like to live in a Star Wars universe. Yeah, and your average fan doesn't really care about that. Yeah. So this, this is, is yeah. This is definitely not the series to introduce people. No. To. Yeah. This isn't like your friend at work that's like, hey, I've seen like a couple of movies, but what should I watch on this Disney Plus thing? This is not the no, show you'd recommend. No. Yeah. 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 Not unless it's like. Not unless you're like your dad who likes watching like West Wing episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, what, tell me about this Star Wars. Like, oh, yeah. God, perfect show for you, Dad. You yeah. love the West Wing? Watch Andor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy to me because The Mandalorian is such a beautiful entry into Star Wars. Right. Like, for the most part, season two is a little different, but season one, you can know Jack about yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go into that and be like, Okay, cool. I'm invigorated. I care about these characters, yeah. this and that. Like, this show, for them, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I feel like unless you're a Star Wars fan, you're not going to care about yeah. any of these characters. It, it, it is, it's such a weird, it's like, it's a, I don't want to say this negatively, but it is a weird show. Like, I don't really understand. Yeah. Like, the vibe of it is very unique in that, like, yeah, it's not for, like, your casual, like, well, you were talking about your uh, your girlfriend who, like, loves everything else, was yeah. kind of like, I don't know if I'm on board with this. Yeah, it's true. so deep Yeah, Alyssa, Yeah, Alyssa, bless her heart, she watches all the movies with me. If I have it on, she'll sit with me and be into it as well with me. We watched uh, The Mandalorian season, or, yeah, I'm sorry, The Mandalorian season two. Every night at midnight, we watched The Book of Boba Fett. 
Um, she was pregnant then, so we didn't stay up to midnight that much that often. But we would watch it like first thing in the morning during that. She loved all of those. Um, yeah, this one came out and she started watching it, and then I'd say like just like about twenty twenty five minutes in, she was like. You can watch this one because she knows I do the podcast. So she's like, and I try to watch this stuff like as soon as possible. So A, I, I, I avoid spoilers and B, so I can, you know, have enough watch throughs so that when we do the podcast, I'm kind of familiar with it because I'll always do two viewings. I'll do one for fun, which is the first one. And the second one I'll do kind of like, okay, now I know what's going on. I'll right. go into some of the nuances yeah. of everything. But yeah, anyway, so th- this one, she was like, yeah, no, you can watch this one like as whenever you want. I'm probably gonna come in and out. Although we're gonna talk about it, there is the episode "The Eye." I did show her that one. Yeah, she was into that one. Yeah, she really enjoyed it. Well, that was the thing with my son, who is 12, turning 13 this year. Yeah, asked me if he should watch it, and I was like, I had a hard time recommending it to him because it's just it's real, real. Yeah. I I think we I think I used I think we talked about this before. I don't want to say the word adult but it is it's very adult but not like in a uh like graphic content wise not in, in a like, creepy way yeah it's just it's they were mature but again the same thing not because there's like nudity or violence because D- it's you- it's just for adults it's just a very adult show dare i say the word sophisticated yeah that's probably <laughs> that's probably a better word that encapsulates what i'm trying to get at but yeah, yeah it's yeah because because most of the other most star wars is like fun pop Stuff right. it's easily digestible. Yeah, there's good guys here. There's bad guys there. They're gonna fight. Yeah, it's very cut and dry. That's where this is still like fairly cut and dry. Like oh, these guys are obviously the bad guys and these are the good guys. But there's a lot of other things. Well, by the time you had episode seven, it gets a little muddy. Yeah, because I was just watching true. the some of the, I was rewatching the scene with Luthen and Mon Mothma. True, and it's and then the one afterwards where they're gonna quote unquote tie up loose ends. Yeah, with Cassian. So yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, it gets a little muddy as far as who's good and bad in this, and we haven't even seen Sagarera yet, yeah. and he's supposed to be coming, and that's going to be because he's real muddy too as far as is he a good guy or a bad guy. At this point, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure, yeah, he's going to be questionable. I saw this is very random, but it does have to be the Andor. I saw this funny tweet that's like, um, it's funny to think that all this stuff is going down in Andor with these characters, and at the same exact time. The Rebels crew is also right. starting to get together, and they're like chasing each other after like space fruit. Right, <laughs> <laughs> they're like messing around, like trying to get yeah. space fruit. Yeah, yeah. And then, meanwhile, all this crazy stuff is happening with Andor. Are we still? Are we is, are we at the same time as Rebels? I thought we were a little before Rebels because Rebels. Right here, we're f- I think five years before New Hope. Right, when, and then when, in Rebels is pretty much. Is it, I thought it was like three years before, but I don't know. I think it's four or five. Is it four? Okay, yeah. I think Ezra. Maybe maybe it's like a year before, maybe. Yeah. But no, we're coming up on yeah. it pretty close. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. They are pretty aligned. Because Rebels was four seasons, and I think each one's more or less a year. Right. So, yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about, uh, and apologies if you guys listen to the first Andor series and we kind of touched on it, but we're going to very briefly go through Aldani one more time. It uh, was dropped on Disney Plus on September 28th, 2022. Uh, Rael takes Cassian to the planet Aldani, asking him to join a sabotage mission there to provide backup. Yeah, we did cover this one, but we're going to do it again. <laughs> uh, Cassian is reluctant, but eventually agrees. Uh, Rael asks him to use a pseudonym among the rebels, and Cassian chooses Clem. 
Um, Val, the rebel group's leader, introduces him to the rest of the group, but keeps Ryle's involvement a secret. They explain to Cassian that they plan on stealing the payroll of an Imperial sector from Key Imperial Supply Hub, taking advantage of a rare natural phenomenon in Aldani Sky to escape their getaway vehicle. Oh, since their getaway vehicle is slow, my bad. Uh, meanwhile, on Coruscant, Ryle, uh, posing as an antiques dealer, meets with Senator Mon Mothma, and they discuss challenges in keeping their opposition to the Empire hidden. And in this scene is where we get pretty much Easter egg galore because there's yeah. like tons of stuff. Dropped in his little uh, in antique, shop. in his little antique shop. Yeah, some Star Wars, some not Star Wars related. Yeah. Oh yeah, Temple of the Doom. Shout yeah. out! You saw those? The Shankara. Yeah, yeah, man, love it. Uh, Cam goes to live with his mother and gets slapped around yep. uh, after being castigated and fired. Uh, Imperial Security Bureau IB or ISB Lieutenant Dedra Miro. Seeks access and authority over the Ferex incident, but is opposed by her colleagues and superiors. Um, that's pretty much the summary of that one. Um, anything you want to add on for that episode that you uh, thought was cool? Not too much. Like the, we'll give you some more as we go along. Uh, I'm interested to see where the uh, Imperial, uh, what's her name? Uh, Deidre story is going yeah. and then also the other guy that lives with the mom Cam yeah Karn Karn S- Cyril Karn played yeah. by Kyle Soler yeah I don't really know where those two stories are going right now because neither one of them are anywhere near Cassian yeah currently <laughs> yeah, well, are. well Cyril Karn I think has a real hard on for Andor he, he wants, is, he, yeah. Because he's the one who embarrassed him, pretty right. much. Right. And he's, uh, looks like very much so about protecting his, uh, his name and his reputation. So. Yeah, I feel like he needs to, like, he's going to hook up with Deidre, not romantically, but, like, goal-wise. Goal yeah. Yeah. As far as, because their, their goals are kind of aligned. Yeah. And he has some information, because he's the one who, he at least has a name. Yeah. That they may or may not have. Mm. And, yeah, they're definitely... Uh, I mean, I would say if they're Sith, they would definitely betray each other, but they might not. I don't know. Yeah, no. Because they are kind of both working up the Imperial ladder there. Well, Cyril's still... He's still Corpo. He's still working yeah. for the corporation yeah. in fuel purity by the time we get to episode 7. Oh, that's true. <laughs> A very thrilling job. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the next one, which is... Very, very cool. Uh, the Axe Forgets uh, dropped on October 5th, 2022. <clears throat> um, on Aldani, Clem hides his past from fellow rebels and is met with distrust from most of them, particularly Skeen. Um, Skeen, I thought, was a cool character, too, because yeah. he seemed kind of... I To bring up The Walking Dead, uh, there was the character in the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead called Shane. Right. Who, a lot of people hated him. I thought he was amazing because, like, he, while his, while his uh, methods were very questionable at times, he always got the job done. He's like, hey, this one thing is going to happen and this needs to, like, get done. He got it done. No questions asked. Yeah. He got it done. Right. That's kind of how I felt about Skeen. I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting very much sort of Shane vibes from him. Like, he's going to, like... More or less, if someone has to die but the mission is completed, he's going to like be the right. one to be like, okay, well, this guy has to die. Sorry. <laughs> well, he's the one... I mean, we'll get into that. Yeah. He, isn't he the one we, we find out it was 
former Imperial or yeah Stormtrooper? Was he the one who was a Stormtrooper or was he the one that was? Um, I don't know. We'll circle back to that. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, Tamarin trains Cassian and the other rebels for the planned heist while traveling to the Aldani uh, Imperial garrison. Uh, Cassian reveals that he is a mercenary. Um, and then they're all kind of like, well, they're all very untrusting of Cassian. Right. they're like, why is he here? Why is he even so important? So, yeah. Um, well, also, I mean, mercenaries in general are not super reliable because you roll up and the Imperial guys are like, hey, I'll pay you double. And the mercenary is like, okay. And then shoots all his, like, teammates dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Val, uh, sorry, Val decides to continue, yeah, um, Val decides to continue with the mission and hold off on dealing with Clem's past until they have reached, uh, and achieved their objectives. Uh, meanwhile, the Imperial officer and rebel double agent, Lieutenant Gorn, Lieutenant Gorn, yeah, he's cool, um, covertly aids the rebels. Um, on Coruscant, Edie Cam emasculates her son as he explores new career prospects. Are they in Coruscant? Yeah. Okay. That's where she lives. Okay. For some reason, I thought they were still on Ferrix, on some other part of Ferrix or something. Or the, or the not Ferrix, the River Corporal Plan he was working yeah. at. Yeah. No, they're on Coruscant. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's nice visuals of him walking around. It kind of looks like a space mall. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mon Mothma establishes a new charitable foundation while managing increasingly tense relations with her husband and daughter. Oh, he's so still the worst. Yes. So let's talk about this real quick. So... <laughs> this is kind of uh it's highlighted a little bit in one of the princess leia books about how like being a leader is like a huge sacrifice for like familiar stuff this isn't to defend mon matha's husband and daughter right but you could tell that she's probably very much so into the cause and into her job and into protecting right um herself to make sure like she's not caught up in anything so that probably leaves like avoid at home so the husband's probably a jerk no matter what no matter if she right. did a good job or a bad job but the daughter probably feels like ignored or whatever yeah. and she's that's why she's kind of a jerk yeah but it's kind of funny that like you always think that these leaders have like i don't know very perfect home lives or whatever right. but it's like the reason why they're so good at this other thing is because they're probably slacking right. and other and other, yeah, yeah. other aspects of life or whatever um I don't Which, know. That guy just, he just gives off like strong, douchey vibes. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, he's just like a bro. Like, he's just like a rich and title, like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. With his, I think it's his ponytail. His little top knot ponytail his, thing. His, his man bun. Yeah, his man bun thing. Yeah. Just kind of ended in the, his like kind of fake Jedi, Qui Gon Jinn haircut. Just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so elsewhere, ISB supervisor Blevin acquires a hotel as. The new ISB headquarters on Ferrix. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Just the uh, Empire just steamrolling in and be like, we're going to take that building. I don't care. Then yeah. that was my office. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, his rival Miro and her assistant Hurt reached the conclusion that the rebels are conducting a series of coordinated heists of Imperial weapons and technology. Ryle anxiously waits for a transmission from Cassian's rebel team. So this one, there's a lot of other stuff going down on Aldani as far as like the team building together and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. Like is that the is it this episode where it's the first time we see a TIE fighter? 
like there, storming by. Yeah, is that in this one or the one before? I think it was the one before. Oh, okay. Where they're like, hey, we need to duck down. Where like TIE Fighters are actually scary. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, cause they zoom in, in, you know, one of the few times we've seen TIE Fighters like fly in atmosphere and like, yeah, do patrols and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I'm trying to pull up some info on Skeen. Does it have? Doesn't really have. Well, because he well, he has a tattoo on his chest. There's a whole thing about it. I don't, I I remember that scene. I just remember the, the specifics are not there. Yeah. But there's a thing where like he was a prisoner or like because because they recognize each other, not recognize each other, but like. Uh, Andor like sees it and it's like oh where were you at or stationed or something mm. and like and it's the whole thing about how nobody else on the team knows about whatever this tattoo is and what it signifies I can't remember if it signifies he was in prison or whether he was like in like the military like it's like his you know his chain coat or whatever is tattooed on his chest or something I think they were both ex-imperial because Andor was also well Andor is ex-prisoner imperial prisoner yeah because we see that in the flashback in seven, mm. we see like how that happened, mm. and then we see like you know some very like root from the headlines stormtroopers hassling innocent bystander stuff. Yeah, but we'll get to that. We'll get to seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Next up is a firework episode, if there yep. ever was one. Um, titled "The Eye," um, dropped on October twelfth, twenty twenty-two. The only thing that was missing was Katy Perry. Say what? The only thing was missing was Katy Perry. Oh, Baby yeah. You're a Firework? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, aided by Gorn, the rebels successfully infiltrate the garrison by posing as an escort squad for a commandant, Jehold Behaz. Or be- no, they say it differently. Beaz. Beaz or something? Beaz? Beaz, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorn Superior. They take Beaz's family as hostages and force him to give access to the garrison's payroll vault. Which was a little dicey. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. These guys are... There's like, I mean, granted, the kid's kind of a twerp and a jerk. Right. But I was like, still, you're making this 12-year-old kid like a hostage? That's rough. Well, yeah. yeah well, this this show, if anything else, just is really... You saw these slice of life of what it's like to really be Imperial. Yeah. In the Imperial, like, machinery. And, like, they're not all, like, actively Darth Vader trying to destroy the universe. But... They're not necessarily great guys, and some of them are just kind of normal guys. They're just like this is just their job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So they force me to give them access to the garrison's payroll vault while loading the credits onto an imperial freighter. They are caught by imperial forces, and Tamron and Gorn are killed in the ensuing firefight. Sinta is unable to make it onto the ship, so only Cassian, Skeen, Vel, and Nemec escape from Maldani. Uh, during takeoff, Nemec suffers a severe spinal injury. Where yeah, that was he, rough. Yeah, when he is crushed by an unsecured load of the stolen credits, which is kind of, I don't know, very very sad. But it's kind of funny that he was like very uh, anti money. Like he knew yeah. like what the money could do for the cause. Right. But he's like kind of like. Well, he was like, the whatever. he was like the young idealistic yeah. like true believer of yeah. the group. Like all of them were, were kind of jaded and like yeah. You know, what's the word I'm for? Disenfranchised, or whatever. But like, yeah. he was like the one who was like, "Oh no, this is all we're we're, we're doing the right thing. We're doing my thing." And here's my treatise on uh, imperial power and money and stuff. Yeah, he was one of the manifesto. Yeah, so he gets his legs crushed. <laughs> 
They land on another planet to treat Nemec's injuries, but he quickly succumbs. Sad face. Yeah. Uh, with Vel occupied looking after Nemec, Skeen proposes to Cassian that they leave Vel behind and split the payroll between them. Cassian kills Skeen, fearing for his life and disgusted by Skeen's selfishness. He tells Vel about the conversation and informs her that he plans to take a small portion of the payroll, the amount Rail had promised him as payment, and leave everything else to her. Uh, Vel gives Cassian Nemec's manifesto in accordance with his dying wishes. Back on Coruscant, the ISB agents are gathered to formulate reprisals to the heist, while Rael hears news of the theft and quietly celebrates. So that's, that's an interesting thing they're doing with Cassian's character development, where he wants desperately to just be have this be a job and not get involved. And to the whole scene where she tries to give him the manifesto and he refuses it like three times. He just he does not want to have it because he doesn't want, want to feel bad about it or like yeah. he doesn't want to feel anything about it. He just wants to get paid in GTFO. Yeah, very much so like Han Solo vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's like, true. He's like, uh, or and even like Ash Campbell. Uh, I think about the line in Army of Darkness, yeah. where he's like, "I don't want your book. I don't want your bullshit. Just get me <laughs> home. Get me out of here." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I don't need any of that stuff. But yeah, so let's talk about this. I mean, we, we've skimmed over a lot of stuff in that episode of the Eye, but um, one of the coolest things I thought was getting to see the uh, Tie Pilots. Getting yeah. into Tie Fighters, yeah, yeah, Tie Fighters, and then blasting off, and some of the like, yeah, you you mentioned it just a few months ago. It made Tie Fighters intimidating again, right? Because before that, especially if you play like the board games and stuff, of or the, even the video games, you know that Tie Fighter uh, ships they're like pretty paper thin. You yeah. can destroy them pretty yeah, easily. Yeah. But in this show, it made them look like actually like intimidating. Yeah. Like oh crap, like you don't want to get shot down by these. Yeah, guys. yeah. Yeah. Um, it also mm-hmm. highlights the uh, impractical design of a TIE fighter. That you have to board them from on top. You can't land them. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, ramps or anything. You have to, like, get on some catwalks and, like, bounce down into the <laughs> cockpit from on top. From yeah. the top. Unless you have, uh, like, Moff Gideon's, like, specialized right. one where the, he, like, yeah. bends and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, what did, uh, just as a heist, I love heist stories. I love, like, the Oceans movies. I love, like, other heist movies. As a heist, how did you feel this episode was? Good. I mean, it has all those uh, tension-building moments you put in a heist movie where yeah. they're jamming frequencies, but one guy's figuring out it's jammed. So is he going to, like, be able to alert everyone before they have a chance to pull the heist off and it builds that tension that you need to have in a heist yeah. one? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you can't. Uh, a heist story almost necessitates that something's going to go wrong. Because if nothing goes wrong, it's a boring, there's no tension, then the story is, yeah. does, doesn't work. Yeah. It's not really a heist story at that point. Right. It's just like a stealing story. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they did all the requisite things to get that storyline, to get that tension built in there, which I appreciated. Um, it's in very much, you know, Rogue One fashion. Almost everyone's dead by the end of it. I think yeah. there's, there's what three people survive this whole thing, one, and two, one of them's yeah. stuck on the. Well, there's uh, Sinta is stuck on Aldani, yeah. and then there's uh, Cassian and what's her name? The one, Skeen Vel. Vel. Yeah, Vel gets out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so out of this heist crew, uh, I think we might have the same favorite character. Probably not. I don't know. Um, I really. Like Alex Lothar playing Karis Nemec. Um, who's your favorite of like the heist crew? 
Um, probably, yeah, Icarus was good. Um, I actually did like Skeen, even though he ended up being kind of a jerk by the end of it. Yeah. I, I liked that he was real. Like, mm-hmm. he felt like a real person. Yeah. With his real, like, complicated relationship with the heist and with the with the uh, rebellion in general and with the empire i felt that's you know he had a very real he was a very real person yeah yeah um because the only thing was like because only with the what's his name was was the other guy's name not scheme uh what's the guy you're talking about nemec curious yeah, nemec because i mean nemec is still kind of a caricature not not necessarily a character but he's still like a like a type, like there's a, there's always that character in the in these movies, the rebellious guy, you know, in, the, in these kind of movies where he's idealistic and young. This is his first mission, and you know he's gonna get he's gonna get killed by the end of it. So the main character has to feel something. Yeah, he kind of was that. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I, I thought he was gonna be like a, a code breaker. Like yeah, that's kind of the vibe. That's like, what I thought he was too. Uh, yeah, but he was more yeah, just like the young spunky guy. That's yeah. like, hey, let's go do this. Um, and I also really liked uh, Lieutenant Gorn. Um, yeah. He does die in this episode. Yep. But I like the idea of, like, double agents inside yeah. of the Empire. I think, um, not to diss, uh, I forget the character's name, but the, the lady from uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Reva? Reva. No, not Reva. No, no, no. no. Uh, the, the double oh. agent that's also... Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget her name, so I apologize uh, <laughs> to that character and the actress. Um, but... Her story was like, yeah, it's pretty well good inside of Obi Wan Kenobi, but I feel like Gorn in just like one episode was like, oh well, man, his, you like feel sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, he lays out his backstory, and it was something we can relate to. Like, he fell in love with somebody, yeah, uh, that he may or may not, it was possibly he shouldn't have, yeah, and the his boss didn't like it, and so being Imperial, they kind of made her disappear, yeah. So you kind of you get it, you feel that way, you feel for her, for him, yeah. All right, now we are on to episode seven announcement, which is the most recent episode as of the recording of this uh, podcast. Um, <clears throat> dropped on October 19th, 2022. Um, on Coruscant, Karn starts a new job at the Bureau of Standards, one of the most exhilarating jobs you'll ever find in the <laughs> galaxy. It's right. pretty much just a paper pusher slash, like, accountant. Like, they take the idea of, like, if you think about office buildings or, like, what they call them like cubicle farms. Yeah, but it's like on steroids because yeah. it's like like a football field's worth of like cubicles yeah. when they show it. Yeah, uh, as as the ISB uh, gains more draconian surveillance and punitive authority, Miro is challenged by Blevin for breaking protocol around acce- accessing data about thefts from Imperial installations. That was kind of a cool scene. Yeah, yeah, to see the them bickering yeah. and going at it. Well, and just for like him to like. <laughs> the collar out and all of her stuff and their boss is kind of like yeah and yeah keep doing that (laughs) yeah she's getting results (laughs) yeah she's getting the job done uh who cares how she's doing it yeah uh she persuades her superiors of her work's value and is assigned for uh oversight of ferrix um ryle's assistant clea markey meets with vel on coruscant instructs her to find and kill cassian to prevent him from revealing ryle's identity which, as I'm reading that right now, I think I need to rewatch that part because I don't remember that happening. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's because it's uh, who is it? It's oh, never mind. I do remember that scene. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So because it's it's Luthen's assistant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but she looks totally different. That's why it yeah. caught me off guard. Okay. 
Uh, Mon Mothma meets Colma, an old friend and banker, at a dinner party, and asks him to access her. Uh, asks him to help her access family funds, which is a very fun scene because the entire time she's asking him for like these favors, but at the same time directing him like what to do, so right. they don't look super right. obvious about so it. Well, it's funny because he starts the conversation talking about how well you know, kind of in, intimating that he is has similar politics to the rebellion and it's like oh you don't get messed you know you don't want to make it mix up with me because i'm i my, my what does he say my my views are maybe too extreme for you or whatever yeah. and then they get to the end of the conversation and she's like yeah you don't understand i'm you think I'm, you're extreme i'm probably more extreme i'm actually doing this yeah thing. i'm actually doing it <laughs> i'm not just theorizing like oh it would be nice to do this yeah. like i'm in this stuff yeah. for real right yeah um, Cassian returns to Ferrix to settle old debts and learn from Bix that the community blames him for the fallout from the corporate security crackdown. So that must be a nice way to return home to come home and have everybody blame you. Oh, yeah, that this seems rough too. Where he because he's like, oh, I got this money. We'll get out of here. We can go. You know, we can go to any planet we want and hide out or whatever. And she's like, I can't go. Like, what's the point? Like, I'm too old to go anywhere. Like, I my, I just need to stay here and fight here where I can do some good. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. The presence of stormtroopers on Ferrix remain uh, reminds Cassian of how the, the original Clem, his adopted father and Marva's husband, was murdered by Imperial clone troopers years ago. Um, Cassian attempts to go get Marva to leave Ferrix with him, but she decides to stay and covertly oppose the increased Imperial presence. It was fun to see uh, uh, clone troopers again. Yeah. In live action, it's the first time we've seen them. Yeah. 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 Uh, since the movie saw, uh, well, there's a couple of them in Obi Wan. They were in Obi, yeah, they were, yeah, in that first scene. Yeah, um, but not, yeah, not like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Cassian travels alone to the tropical tourist paradise of Niamos, which is pretty much Mexico. Which I wanted to be Scarif, but yeah, <laughs> I was, I was like, Scarif beach party. Yeah, I want to be. I want a Scarif beach beach party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, but no, yeah, it looks like a hideout that you would go to in Mexico. Yeah, for real. Although for a resort beach planet, their beach kind of sucks. It's just like those like concrete steps. Watch looking at the ocean. Yeah, it's like what kind of hell beach is this? Have you ever been in Mexico? <laughs> Not recently. There you go. <laughs> yeah. On a trip to a shop, he is confronted by shore troopers and a K- KX unit, also known as uh, what K2SO kind of looks like, and is arrested for perceived minor offenses and sentenced to six years imprisonment for minor offenses. Which really, I don't even know what his offenses were. He was just he did well. That, that's why I said this riff from the headlines thing, where he just looked suspicious. Yeah, because that because the short trooper calls him out because, rightly so, uh, Cassian is just paranoid because he's on the run, mm. and he just happens to look paranoid at the same time. Those kids were like hassling trooper had actually robbed or I don't know threw rocks at stormtroopers or something stupid, mm-hmm. and because the kids run past him. And then he was kind of like following them a little bit, and he runs to the short trooper who's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm just walking." He's like, "Why are you looking around so much? Why are you looking behind you?" And like, you must have done something because you wouldn't be the you would be acting suspicious if you hadn't done anything. Yeah. Even though he had no proof, no evidence, and then yeah, then there's a whole courtroom scene where it's just he just rubber stamped the prison because you wouldn't be here if you hadn't done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing has felt very modern yeah <laughs> like it's a very rip from the headlines kind of situation 
as far as like you know how how things go, you know how how people how some people perceive the world running right now. Yeah. So that's pretty much the gist of what we've seen so far. The next trilogy of episodes, the next yeah three, are going to be uh, written by a guy named Bo Willimon, who um, his main thing is he's the um, one of the writers on where'd it go. I mean, there's these things. The television series? There you go. He's one of the main writers on House of Cards. Oh, okay. So, look for a lot of backstabbing and political intrigue. and Again, another you know show about political intrigue. Yeah. So, we just take people... Which, you got to give credit to the, the showrunners of the show, is that rather than pull in like, sci-fi people, he's pulling in people who have done this, and they're just skinning at Star Wars. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but like, want to just go back to the, this episode seven. Uh, this one was cool, and I, I do appreciate our our general, our kind of gentle building of Star Wars references. Yeah, like this episode especially has a ton of Star. Like the first time we see stormtroopers, we see shore troopers, we see clone troopers. Palpatine's name is dropped at least four times. Yeah, we actually we're talking about actual Emperor Palpatine, which I thought was kind of cool. So, yeah, no, I really like how we're kind of gradually, like, as Cassian is drawn into this whole web, we get more and more into, uh, you know, the Star Wars of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree, yeah, definitely. And I'm very interested to see the Imperial, the continuing Imperial side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other uh, things so. that, any other Andor things, uh... Not no, I'm really excited to see where this is going. I I don't know where this next trilogy is going to go because Andor is seemingly you know it's got to be something about breaking him out of prison or he escapes from prison and then I don't know. I'm assuming he somehow he gets out of prison and then goes to Luthen to try and get another job because he's the only guy who seems to be helping him currently. Yeah, true. Um, cool. All right, very good. Um, that's all we have for you guys this week. We will be back next week with a fun. Halloween-esque episode. Right. So uh, make sure to keep an eye out for that one or an ear out for that one. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, well, Chris, what would you like to leave with the good people? Um, if you haven't yet this year already, probably it's about time to revisit the uh, Lego Star Wars Halloween special from last year. Nice. It's yeah. probably about that time of year to start, uh, you know, read, watching it again. Yeah, yeah, very good. And yeah, and we also did do a podcast uh, episode uh, talking about our thoughts on that one. So yep. if you do watch it and you want to hear uh, hear us joke around with it, uh, feel free to go there too. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. May the force be with you. Oh, what will I leave with the good people? Uh, uh, have a have a piece of candy for Halloween. Don't uh, <laughs> don't not have a piece of candy. All right. Enjoy some candy, I guess. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll be <laughs> mine. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, may the forest be with you. Have a good week.